0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Kristol. And Bill, uh, the date, July 5th, a date that will live in political infamy?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. July 5th, 240 years ago, July 5th, 1776, is when the Continental Congress, I believe, authorized the printing of the Declaration of Independence, which they had approved a couple of, on July 2nd, and formally, I guess, ratified on July 4th. And now, 240 years later, What happened? Uh, the FBI director, uh, an Obama appointee, Jim Comey, uh, says that Hillary Clinton acted with what was it, extreme, uh, carelessness. extreme carelessness, and basically lied to the American people. Really, a devastating indictment of her, though not a literal uh, legal indictment. Uh, that's during the day, and then a few hours later in the evening, Donald Trump gives a speech in which he basically defends Saddam Hussein, who gassed and murdered hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, of his countrymen. Uh, I you know, think of people in neighboring countries and, and Americans, incidentally, who, whom we fought. Obviously, uh, tried to assassinate an American president. So that's really wonderful. We have uh, uh, someone who who, <laughs> who, 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 the FBI director says behaved in a way that any junior military officer or civil servant would have been minimally reprimanded, marked down, disciplined, maybe prosecuted, and then a president, a presidential candidate of the other party, who's defending Saddam Hussein.
0: I I don't know how you're going to take this, Bill, but actually I think you're taking too Pollyannish a vision (laughs) of how bad life it was. Because think about the progression of how we got to Jim Comey. First of all, months of people on the right insisting that he would do the right thing, that the FBI would put the law before politics. And I'm cynical by nature. My oldest son is named Mencken. Mm -hmm. I was rolling my eyes at that. Then you have this bizarre event with the attorney general in a private conversation that's not really private because the media knows about it on a tarmac, and she hits the eject button on, I'm going to have nothing to do with this. Then you have the New York Times printing, hey, Loretta Lynch, you might be the attorney general for years to come if Hillary Clinton wins the election. So you have that blatant appeal to Loretta Lynch's best interest. And then you have the president of the United States' previous comments that this is not a prosecutorial, prosecutable offense, and then you have the president timing his first appearance with Hillary Clinton to step on a, a blatant moment of the rule of law being set aside for the rule of political man. That, you add the backstory to that, and I'm afraid it's even <laughs> worse than you just said.
1: I mean, my, the only you know, sort of qualification I would have is I actually don't believe Jim Comey. I mean, I take Jim Comey at his word. I don't think he was pressured directly by President Obama or by the attorney general. I think he did what he thought was the right thing. And I think there is a case that, you know, criminalizing a politics is something the weekly has always been against. Obviously, if you commit a criminal act, even if you're a political figure or especially perhaps you should be prosecuted on the one hand, on the other hand. Uh, indicting someone who is going to be the nominee of one of the two major parties two or three weeks before that party's convention has never happened before. And I could see erring on the side of laying out the facts and saying if it's a close call on prosecution, we're not going to prosecute. So I'm a little friendlier to Comey, honestly, than a lot of my fellow conservatives and even fellow uh, people here at the Weekly Standard and, and Media D.C., Having said that, though, the, the, you're absolutely right about the overall pattern of events, which makes us look like a third-world country. And this whole election, you and I have discussed this before, has a third-world feel to it. You know, the demagogic uh, authoritarian mm-hmm. Donald Trump, a rich guy but playing on the fears of of working-class Americans, the insider crony family candidate who's, like, inheriting, so to speak, the, the presidency from her husband with this huge machine at work. And for me, that – and that – that what you, what you described the events, especially the Bill Clinton – meeting with the Attorney General. I don't think it actually had an effect on anything. But what is that showing? It's really sort of showing, I'm Bill Clinton. I can do what I want. Precisely because it didn't have an effect, in a way, it's almost more significant, right? (laughs) And it's just the kind of thing that shouldn't happen in America. (laughs) A former president of the United States should have enough self-awareness, and a current attorney general should have enough self-awareness to each say, we should not have this meeting, right? right? Is that really that high a standard to ask of our public
0: officials? But in a way, isn't that the fundamental argument she's making? Yeah, we got away with it. We're the Clintons. We always get away with it. And that's why you want us on your side. I think one of the most powerful pro-Trump arguments is: look, if this had been a Republican, they would have been totally shafted. If Democrats politicize an alleged crime right for an election like the U.S. Senator from Alaska, they get away with it. And then what happens? The the, the Senate's already gone. Too late, you already right. lost the race. So why not? You know, he may be an SOB. But he's our sob. Why not Bill Kristol? they're gonna play dirty, why not get a dirty guy to play for your team?
1: I mean, you have to be willing to say that he'd be a, a competent and adequate and responsible president. So if you're willing to cross that line, and well, look
0: I, at the I, way he I, Smacked around Saddam Hussein. I yeah, mean, I come mean, on.
1: Yeah. I'm not quite. But if, if people <laughs> are willing to cross that line, I don't. But I, I I don't disagree with the argument in that to that degree. I think you're very right in capturing what an awful lot of conservatives and Republicans are thinking. And I, myself, and I've said this a couple of times the last couple of days on television, and people look at me like I'm crazy. Trump has had, a, in a way, a horrible month. He's missed opportunity after opportunity to be more responsible, to win over people. He steps all over the Hillary Clinton, Jim Comey story yesterday by praising Saddam Hussein, et cetera, et cetera. Having said all that, he's five points behind Hillary Clinton. I actually believed two or three months ago that she would probably crush him, that we were looking at a landslide that that she would people would default to her. I'm not so sure anymore. I think there's a 1 in 4, 1 in 5 chance that he wins. If he's fi- if the polls show him 5 points behind, maybe he's only 2 points behind, you know, given that right. people aren't going to tell posters the truth necessarily. And I don't know, he could have a pretty what if he makes a respectable VP pick? What if he has a sort of successful convention? It may not be exactly the type I like, but he could have athletes and sure, you know coaches, th- and- yeah, interesting figures. It could be livelier. Right. Hillary's could be totally boring. I do not think it's out of the question that we will get out of the two conventions, and you and I will be there, so we'll see what they're like. But on August first, we'll be doing this podcast. And Trump will be ahead of Hillary, and that would be an astonishing moment. And, and I do think it will help him with Republicans and conservatives, obviously, who then think, "Gee, he could win." They kept saying he couldn't win. Maybe he can win. He's got all of his problems, but let's work hard to make him less irresponsible.
0: Uh, and for uh, podcast listeners, we will be podcasting from the convention. We'll have uh, 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 podcast updates throughout the day as as news events. So plan on coming back to weeklystandard.com. And I promise. Uh, Bill, that when we have the Donald Trump convention WWE cage match, that I'll be there to be your second when they throw you in there to face off some guy with a chair, because I my, think that's going to be part of the convention. My
1: assistant, Terry Ferry, who works here, as you know, and who you talk to all the time, is very worried that I... is. keeps telling me that you got to go around with Mike Warren or John McCormick or Michael Graham or someone at the convention. Because if you're alone, (laughs) God knows what those Trump people will do. I I think, I'm hoping the Trump delegates have, you know, a cordial uh, respect for people who differ with them, as I certainly would for them. But Mm -hmm. it will be interesting to be there, obviously. And I I think the podcast will be a good way. Obviously, we'll all be filing uh, posts from the convention, too, and people will be on Twitter. But I'm really looking forward to having the ability to do, you know, many podcasts during the day, Capturing what's happening at the convention, right? and
0: we and we will be, and there'll be a lot of special content at the weekly audio, video, print. So be sure to check it. Well, I'm going to wrap up this podcast though with what's at stake in the election that was, you know, painted in such a disturbing mm-hmm. you know, frame on July 5th. Uh, on July 6, President Obama, who was going to end two wars, has now officially ended none. Obviously, Iraq is still at war, whether we're there or not, and that war has only gotten worse. Uh, now we find out that the troop drawdown, which was supposed to be zero, then was going to be around 5,000, is going to now be around 8,500 troops. Uh, And the foreign policy of the president of the United States appears to be, I'm just not going to have a foreign policy and I'm going to leave Americans in harm's way to die, hoping you don't notice that I don't have one before my term ends.
1: the idea of announcing the drawdown to zero and then 5,000 and maybe now it's 8,500, it was so irresponsible in the first place and did so much damage to our cause in Afghanistan that it's hard to give the president much credit for maybe ending up with a slightly less irresponsible number than he he started out with. But a very smart friend of mine and I were chatting yesterday, he's a foreign policy guy, and I said, how worried are you by the next four years? We talked about what Trump might do. We talked about what Hillary might do. And he said, you know, this is an interesting discussion, but what people should really worry about is the next six months. You have a president who is you know, just playing out the clock. I mean, he's enjoying his campaign events with Hillary. There's no evidence that he has any real theory about how to strengthen America in the world. Quite the contrary, he seems to be very dug in on the path he's in. Uh, and every world leader is looking, looking at that. And whatever you think of Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, they're probably thinking, you know what? Those guys are a little unpredictable. Maybe Hillary Clinton will be a little tougher than Obama. Maybe Donald Trump will be... Uh, unpredictable, which is is hard to therefore, you know, you don't want to count on him rolling over for you. And so maybe we'll take advantage of this moment where President Obama, the last thing he's going to want to do is stand up to anyone. So I think one thing, I don't know what to do about it exactly, except warn about it, but I'm worried about the next six months uh, in Europe with Putin, uh, obviously in the Middle East, uh, and really everywhere around the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, China just had an event this week where they're going to ignore a ruling about the, uh, the, 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 there's the sea, the control of islands and the sea right. lanes, and they're just, they've already now we're just going to move on as though it didn't happen. And so think about this, before you know, really doing anything, Barack Obama was awarded the Peace Prize. As he leaves office, there's war in Iraq, Syria— Libya uh, obviously Afghanistan, Ukraine uh, you know what used to be Ukraine is already in Russia so let me count right. that and then you've got uh, Chinese aggression across the Pacific I mean wouldn't it be poetic it just if he just left his Nobel Peace Prize just on the desk when he left and said you know what that was that was not mine that, that was a mistake
1: because I mean historians will look back at that and of all the madness of the Obama cult, mm-hmm. I think the awarding of the peace prize already into his presidency incidentally where it was obvious that things weren't going to just transform right. overnight as he had claimed in the campaign will be viewed as maybe the high watermark of sort of global uh, the global liberal establishment idiocy about Obama and we've been mugged by reality since then i think some people have learned a lesson of that which is good but Obama hasn't, and he's president still for six months, so that's very worrisome.
0: Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. We appreciate your time.
1: My pleasure, Michael.
0: You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.